Just ripping Tuesday night, half past AEST. Know where we be? Just ripping. Special guest, a tech and talk, a musicology. Just ripping. Coming to you live at the same time here every week. Just ripping. Jump in the room, let's chop it up. It really ain't that deep. Just ripping. Yeah, y'all. What's up, everybody? This is your boy Hef. Hefner, however you want to call me, it's all good. I'm waiting for my co-host, J6, to get in. He's having um, some weather difficulties. He's up in Philly. So uh, as soon as he gets uh, that strained out, he'll be up in here. Uh, we're going to get uh, – we have a busy show tonight. Uh, so we're going to – we have a special guest, uh, Jameson Hill from uh, Shell's Orbs. We're going to get to him a little bit later in the show. Thank you so much for being here, Jamo. Just hang tight, man. We're going to – get through this uh, first segment here and then we're going to rock and roll with you, bro. A lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff going on with Shell's Orbs, Shell's uh, Orb Energy Company, like just a lot to talk about music, so on and so forth. Max is here also. Max, uh, I sent you an invite. Uh, Let me, let me cancel that. I'm going to resend it to you because I want to get you up on stage um, so we could talk about the fidgetals and, uh, and what you got going on. It looks like J6 is here. So we're going to, we're going to, get them up in here a lot of news going on today um you know we're a music and tech show but uh all this this uh you know bitcoin etf noise is going on and everybody you know jumping out of their panties and stuff it just was earlier crazy early today uh Sue's, uh send a request Sue's. i don't know what was going on i tried to get you up here but not sure where you're at and um didn't get you didn't get the invite so uh, anywho, uh, so yeah, a lot of stuff going on with that. A lot of stuff happening with, with Bitcoin now. A lot of, um, I want to say, uh, I don't know, inscriptions. A lot of focus has been on, on, the, on the Bitcoin blockchain. Rightfully so. You know, it's the first of its kind and uh, the most secure uh, chain itself. And a lot of good things happening with it. Uh, me, myself, I'm, I'm learning. I, I faded when, uh, I think it was Casey, the dude who invented the ordinals, uh, was on on Farouk's show, Farouk and, and Mando and Osef. And I, I faded it because I'm just like, there's just so much going on sometimes. You can't just control it. You know, you just, there's only so much that you can allow into your brain. Um, and so, yeah, so like uh, I faded it, um, but love the tech. And now it started to really, really stimulate my mind as, as, as time is going forward. So I'm with it 100%. I like it. I bought some, some rare stats again. Ah, I'm just like a wandering Jew. I'm really clueless. I have no idea what I'm doing, but um, I, I only invested a small amount, I, uh, under 200 bucks, and I bought a bunch of rare stats, sats. I want to say stats, but sats. Um, and so it's a really interesting thing that's going on uh, with uh, with uh, with that chain. Um, see, where's Max at? Max, where are you at? Max is here. Okay, great, awesome. What's good? Uh, What's good? How are you guys? Good. Crazy yeah, day. Yeah, crazy, crazy day. Fun stuff going on. Um, you know, ironically enough, uh, the SEC gets hacked. Come on. Uh, some, this, I don't know. <laughs> it's just too, it's too good to be true. All that stuff. You know, you, you can't make that stuff up. Uh, Suze, I got you on the end. I guess I, I gave you a check, so you should be able to talk soon. Um, so we have Max here. Max is down with OD labs and, um, and then she's here. She wants to talk about this digital thing, uh, which is really cool. I had, a, I had the opportunity. Wait, to New, New York culture club. New York, New York Culture, Culture Club. Club. Okay, New York Culture. Where are they at? They're here, right? Oh, I see them. Uh, if they, they're here. Yes. Okay. Do they want? Let's get them up on stage too. Can you send me a, a, an invite? I'm um, sorry, a request, and I'll get you up on stage. Uh, um, NYC. 
Okay. Uh, so uh, we're, you're going to explain this a little bit better than I can uh, because I always end up fucking shit up. Um, but something really cool, like I had the opportunity to meet Max at the Rug Radio Our House in Miami for Art Basel, along with JMO too. I got a chance to meet him. Really cool dude. Um, and with, with Max, though, she was sh- showing me her fingernail. And I was like, you know, what's this? What, what, what are you doing? You know, it was kind of odd. But she, it, there was something to it. There's an NFC chip under her nail, which you, you click on it. Uh, you know, tap your phone to the nail and you could get her contact info or whatever, whatever else is going on on that NFC chip. So without further ado, Max, welcome to Just Riffin. Thanks for hanging out with us. Please explain what this is, what this fidgetal is and how people can utilize it. What, what's the whole purpose of this for the for the public? How can they use it? I I got you. We also have, we should have uh, Brian, the founder of New York Culture Club. Um, and also, I just want to say thank you for having me and us. I know it's been a long time coming for me to join the show. So finally here, and I'm really happy to be here. So thanks for having Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Um, yeah, NFC chips in your nails. So that is uh, the smart nail product that we sell with New York Culture Club. And um, I would say it's definitely more of the like, business card, fun little like temporary use case of an NFC chip. And that's because we do a lot of smart products and um, embedded tech into wearables, anything across like the food and beverage industry, the beauty industry, pretty much anything um, can be chipped to some extent. And so we uh, build out those digital experiences and um, the NFC chip in the nail is just kind of a quick use case for us to be able to exchange that information wirelessly. I know that like I did that during Art Basel and that was because during Art Basel, as I'm sure anyone else who was there um, had the similar experience of, oh, you know, what's your, let's exchange contacts. What's your Twitter? What's your Instagram? Anything like that. And um, this is a really like a quick one, two, three tap. They don't even have to, a lot of people go to, you know, open up their camera and think that it's going to be more difficult as most, you know, most tech is more difficult. And that's what we're trying to do, make it as seamless as possible. And so you don't even need to pull out the camera or anything. You literally just tap the top of your phone and it pulls up any of that information that the wearer uh, really wants to uh, display or send to the other device. Yeah, it's really an amazing uh, piece of tech. It's really, really cool. It's just, um, it's fast, you know? Uh, You know, when you want to, you know, I don't want to say like, so, so far back in the days, but like yesterday, um, you know, I'm like, Hey, let me get your contact. And then I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, here, just put your phone number in my phone. I feel like it's, it's, it's so Jurassic, even though it was kind of sort of yesterday, but this N- NFC, this, this digital that you created, uh, to attach to clothes, your nail, whatever it could be to anything. I think it's just genius. This is just so fast and so uh, amazing. Uh, can you, um, it, the New York culture club is up here. Yeah. Um, uh, is it Brian? Brian? I'm always fucked. Okay, Brian. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Hey, for absolutely, dude. Uh, tell us from your perspective, like, how did this come about, you know, with you and with Max, uh, the, the partnership with this? And what was, when you guys were, you know, sitting there brainstorming on the idea of this uh, tech itself, like, what, what were you, what was the process? What were you guys really mashing up on? And, and what was the end all? Like, where do you see it being? Yeah, appreciate you asking. Um, so I've, I'm a lifelong artist, mainly a musician. And during the pandemic, um, when I couldn't express myself through music, I really took back to kind of physical fashion and apparel, uh, painting, working with wire, wood, everything I could get my hands on. 
Um, in early 2020, I started exploring with embedding microelectronics and apparel. And quite honestly, this was done even a decade prior to that. So a lot of people think this is kind of a new thing. Um, but it has been directly embedded in clothing and washable for, for quite some time. Um, what we haven't had is the connectivity to different types of mobile devices and the ability for your mobile device to easily read uh, a near-field communications chip, which is just a subcategory of RFID. Um, so some of you may know that RFID or different types of tags that have been put on clothing for way longer than a decade, probably 30 years at this point, um, have been used for like anti-counterfeiting, track and trace. That's the thing that creates that buzzer when you try to steal something mm -hmm. from a store. <laughs> so uh, some of these things have been in there for quite some time. Um, but I got the idea of um, not just having it on the tag, but having it in the clothing and then giving that particular piece of clothing life or autonomy and sovereignty. Um, so in other words, you can embed different types of experiences within that physical item now, and it can become a part of the unique provenance of that particular item. So I gave the example the other day of if I wear a hat with an embedded node to a concert and that musician or artist gets close enough to me, they could digitally sign my shirt or my hat. And then I could prove that I was like 10 feet away from that's Whoever. pretty, that's pretty right. awesome, dude. So that's where it can go in the future. I kind of tried to answer all of that, but it can be used from everything from like functional purposes of authentication, track and trace, um, giving you the care instructions just quite simply by scanning a garment, all the way to these consumer brand interactions um, and something we're really excited about and we've been pioneering, which is physical wear to earn. So now you can own the brand that you wear. So when somebody compliments you on what you're wearing, you hold your sleeve out. If they scan you and they purchase something, we pay them an automated royalty. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty interesting, man, that that's uh, going down like that. Uh, this is pretty awesome. I, I know you said that the, the tech has been around for a while, I'm sure, um, but really awesome that you actually grabbed this tech and you're utilizing it for what you're utilizing it for today. I think it's going to be an amazing thing. I think, you know, along the, the, the way of our lives now, um, things go really fast, as we all know in this world, um, time itself. Um, and I think, you know, when you can shorten that amount of time and, and whatever it is that you're doing with something like the tech that you're utilizing, I think hands down, this is, this is amazing. Uh, we have some other people up on the stage. I want to pass the mic to Suze while we're waiting for my, my boy J six to get up in here. Um, and, and Suze, I want to know from your, you know, if you, I want you got to ask Max and Brian some questions as well in regarding this, I want to hear what your thoughts are on this, on this fidgetal, on this NFC chip that is, can be attached to clothing, to anything pretty much, you know, so go, go for it. The mic is yours, Suze. Uh, thank you so much, GMGM, GM, everyone, or GE, or whatever it is. Um, thanks for having me up. And, you know, Hef was telling me about this chip in your nail, Max, and I thought it was so cool that um, it wasn't in clothing and that you could, like, almost like a stick-on nail is how I envision it, since I didn't actually see it. But I have a, I envision, like, I could stick it on the top of my nail as well, or... Um, you know, on something that isn't clothing, I guess, does it have to be like embedded in the clothing or is it like a sticker? 
to there, whoever there's many different about. there's many different forms yeah, yeah there's stickers uh, and so that's so cool. And so you could have like a, a 20 pack of something of those stickers and just have them on. Like, you know, you go into a, a show and put it on. And that way you could just be like, oh, yeah, you like this, what I'm wearing? Hit this up. And if it's on your, like, I, I guess I'm asking for a little bit of clarification on that. Like, how does that work? You said like the royalties go directly to the person who gets scammed. Can you explain that? Yeah, so this is what we would refer to as, say, where to earn. Um, and this would be a permanent embedded washable uh, microelectronic that would be permanently embedded in the, the garment. Um, but essentially, if you're wearing our brand and you, quote unquote, influence somebody, and especially if they make a, a purchase at your personal point, um, or that is originated from an interaction with your garment and they later purchase it, um, we can account for that and we can give you ownership of that, that moment and that influence. Um, but you can absolutely use some more um, sticker based or just temporary ones. And as uh, Max was noting, um, the, the ones that we um, put on our nails are, are just temporary ones that are more for sharing business cards or sharing socials or things like that. So there's many different ways you can use That's it. That's awesome. This is just really, I love this tech. I, I agree. It's really cool. Go ahead. It's so can rad. You, can, so you, rad. You, can you hear this? Can you guys hear me? Uh, yes. You, just hang, hang tight a minute here. What's up? I'm just doing a test here. I'm using some different technology, but I would like to speak up on the topic if possible. Okay. Just put your put your hand up and we'll get. I'll get right to you, Keith. We're just um, moving with Seuss. I want you to notice that I did have my hand up. Didn't see. Me. Didn't see. Okay, because I'm I'm looking at the. Ah, ha, ha. I can't um, even do an emoticon, Liz. There you go. Ha ha. Okay. So let's go. All right. Uh, sorry about that, everybody. I can't see on the, on the PC as I'm looking at you on the, the desktop. Oh, he is gonna let me go first, Keith. You're a gentleman and a scholar. I appreciate you. Omg, uh, thanks, I Liz. I get to see the fingernail. Wait, is he gonna talk now? I was just gonna say I got to see the the, the fingernail myself and. I was beyond myself because I'm definitely girly and feminine in that sense. So when I saw the nail that you could do it there, I was like, oh, my God, I have to take a picture of this and I have to do it myself. So it was a really nice experience to just see it and see how it works and see how you can apply it to like anything. But um, I got to see it and I'm telling you, it was like the coolest thing ever. And maybe it was because it was a new thing for all of us. But Max, you definitely showed up and showed out with it. That is so cool. I definitely, uh, coming up on uh, NFT NYC, would love to uh, have a chat with you guys and get my hands on some of those stickers because that just it takes away that whole thing of like, oh, here's my QR code. Like, and you have to pull out the phone and get your camera and all that. Like, just be like, oh, yeah, just tap. Just bring it on over and tap me on the shoulder. And uh, you could have my my digits or whatever it's going to be. Um so I think that's super awesome, and um, I would love to learn a little bit more about how that works and, and how to partake in it. Absolutely. Well, we're always here to educate others and empower others with this technology. That's, I'd love to hear this, that um, you were excited about it, and that's honestly what a lot of the fingernail chip and some of these easy applications, it's, it's about starting a conversation. Right. So it's celebrating the creativity and the innovation of it. It's not so much um, that the technology should overshadow it. it. It should just augment and amplify what you are currently trying to you know, put out there to others.
Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, at Art Basel, if all of us could have had that, it would have made getting connected so easy. Um, you know, at these parties, like, oh yeah, hey man, oh, great chatting with you. Tap your phone or tap the phone to somebody's hand or whatever, and and you're out, and you have their info. It's like, what a great uh, concept and a and a great utility for Web three that could easily transcend into Web two and just the nor the as I'm going to put it in air quotes the normies. So hands off to you guys for um, coming up with that. Thank you so much, Suze. Uh, let's pass the mic. Liz, you got a chance to get in there, right? Because I, I have to look at the phone and the PC. So uh, if you're raising your hand, give me a second. Just bear with me. Uh, so, Liz, did you get a chance to tap in there? Or not? Okay. We'll keep it moving. Keith, you had something that you wanted to um, to ask uh, Max or Brian? Yeah, just real quick. Was that the raise hand, uh, Hef? That, what, you, was that what you're looking for? Your hand that, is, that I hand. see you. I see you. Yep. Okay, yeah, because I see you too. You're looking good. Okay. Hey, guys, what's up? My name, uh, I'm just hanging out. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I thought that we were talking about music here. I, I'm, I'm curious. We're, I mean, I, I arrived a little late, but yeah, we talked about me in? music and tech, bro. So, um, well, you're going to have to listen back because I'm not going to go back through it now, Keith. So No worries. Yeah, it's yeah, just hang tight. Right now, if, if that's cool. Uh, you're cool, man. Um, so let me go to OD. OD, you got I your hand up. I'm cool. Yeah, hold on, Keith. That's not OD. Here we go, Liz. I can't hear half, but don't bring me into this. Oh, come on. We're just – this is a great spot, just riffing. Seriously. Thanks, bro. Let's let's have fun. All right, let's pass the mic. Just riffing. Go ahead, OD. It's, just it's riffing. on you. Yeah, yeah, what's going on, what's going on? Um, yeah, so my question for you guys is, um, is it just, like, uh, um, like, like, your brand is also willing to collab with other people to create whatever you want on the back end? So with the NFC chip, it leads you to a website or URL or whatever you want it to lead you to, so... Instead of just it being context, it could be to like a piece of art or a piece of music or something or anything that you your heart desires digitally. Yep, absolutely. So I mean that that's actually really what all this is, right? Is the the hardware is really just the brushes and the paint. Um, it's customer just bespoke uh, software and firmware solutions that we're typically um, either creating for others or collaborating with others on providing just the hardware. And maybe they already, you know, have um, particular um, plans for what they would like to write to that chip or connect that chip to. Um, so it's full spectrum. We have our own brand um, where we collaborate with a lot of emerging artists around New York City primarily. Um, but um, yes, we assist other brands in implementing these types of solutions in a wide range of um, consumer-based products, but primarily in fashion merchandise. And also for Keith, who was asking more so about like music specifically, um, working with musicians and artists to also, um, you know, bring their experiences into the digital realm as well. Because uh, I don't know if you maybe missed like the original um, example with like being able to sign something digitally when you see them, you know, at a like after the show or you were this far from them, let's just say. There's a lot of options to tie like the musicians and the 
world of music just like the scene there into uh pretty much yeah this as well. yeah yeah i, I oh. love the uh technology solutions those are cool those are cool and this guy talks about music which is really cool I, this is a great spot but yeah there's got to be solutions for artists for musicians no doubt for sure uh, you you can also have a um the garment interact with your surroundings, right? So your surroundings could augment themselves and you could hear different sounds or music based upon nodes embedded in a particular clothing that you walk into a room that's already set up for that. Right? Yeah, I know that stuff's fun, like getting extreme on, on kind of the variables and how, how we really want to integrate this stuff. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's creative, which is always cool at this hour, you know, on the East Coast anyway. We even have one that triggers scent. So I have one that if I walk in, it can trigger and it turns on a scent machine and it will scent based upon <laughs> my how much red, how much capital you got in this right now. <laughs> I love it. Just riffing. Yeah, J6. So yeah, it yeah. could it could be whatever you want it to be. It could even be like say like you're selling merch at a at a show. <laughs> like this is whatever we can give someone a sample of your this music. right here is whatever we want it to be, guys. Whatever you want. There's technology, technology technology right here now. That's that's right. Uh, so I want to introduce uh, my co-host. He was having a little bit of technical difficulties. J6 is in the building. J6, what's up, dude? You here? Or not? I heard you a second ago. Okay, I guess not. I, I don't know what's going on. Having a little bit tech technical difficulties, I guess, today. Um, I want to thank Brian. I want to thank Max also for coming through. Um, awesome stuff. Uh, we got to maybe do a show that's dedicated just to you guys specifically um, as we're moving forward. I definitely want to know about the music and the and the fidgetal and that chip, uh, how it's going to, you know, really push you know how it could be beneficial uh to musicians as well i know the clothing and stuff and and contacts is, is amazing this is just really cool tech um to bring in and i i do want to hear more with the music aspect of it um and how it can be how musicians can actually utilize it um along with their nfts that they're making on the blockchain because i think this is i don't know i just think it's second to none no thank you so much for having us we definitely will be back um and love talking to you guys and bringing it into more of the music setting as well. So we'll totally be back and just appreciate you for having us. I appreciate us. you being here for yeah. sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And then if anybody wants to learn more, we're here to, like I said, educate others. We're not gated about this. I love teaching others and I know Max loves teaching others and that's why we're yeah. working together. So awesome. Thank you so and much. if you, really quick before you guys run, uh, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time and coming in and hanging out with us as well. Please tell everybody, I know you have a website, just tell everybody, you know, the, give everybody your socials, all your contacts and stuff like that. So they know where to find you if they're interested in purchasing. Yeah, so nyculture nyculture-club.com. Um, on here we're at culture is code, or you could just click on this profile. Um, and on Instagram, we're at New York Culture Club. Awesome. Max, you want to add anything there? No, that's about it. I'll definitely stick around though. No uh rush to leave. Love, love supporting you guys. Yeah, me too. I'll stick here. I'll just hop down though. Um, so I'm not taking space. Okay. Here. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate you, you folks coming in and hanging out. Uh, we are now going to get to Jameson Hill. Uh, I am pretty excited. Jameson, I met also at the, our house. Uh, again, I, 
I want to really quick just say J6 is having technical difficulties. So hopefully he can get back up here. Uh, back to Jameson. Jameson, a cool dude. Like uh, we were sitting there talking. I had no idea that he was the founder of Shells Orb. And I remember him being on uh, Farouk's show as well in the morning, which I listened to religiously. So I do remember that show. I do remember the whole everything that was going on there with that. And I'm really stoked to have him here. We ended up talking about music and we were bullshitting about some other stuff, not even about Shells Orbs. Uh, and that's what, what uh, prompted me to ask him to come on the show. But we're going to talk about everything. We're going to get into it. So without further ado, Jameson Hill, welcome to Just Riffin. How are you feeling today? What's going on, my man? Dude, I am doing... I am doing so good. I'm actually super happy because <laughs> when I tried to come into this show, I restarted my iPhone and the iPhone took literally seven minutes to to like <laughs> to restart. And I was like, oh, my God, man, I've we planned this for a month and a half and I'm not there. They're going to hate me. I'm going to miss this whole thing. It's going to be over. Um, so I'm super stoked to be here. And yeah, obviously, you know, we met down at our Basel and, uh, you know, had some great vibes and I'm just super happy to, uh, to, to vibe out here again and, and, and talk everything, music, tech and, and yes, all sir. I'm so glad. And I'm so glad that J6 is here. And we had this conversation. I think I was blowing your mind at one point when we were talking, cause I was talking about, <clears throat> uh, uh, the, uh, bizarre ride to the far side. So the far side, the hip hop group, the far side was signed to a label named delicious vinyl. I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I, I went and I remastered all of the, the music from the actual Ampex reel, which is a 24 track reel to reel tape to pro tools, which is digital. So we went analog to digital, but in order to do that, cause the tapes were sitting for so long in storage, we had to actually bake the tapes overnight in a toaster oven on very, very low. And Jameson, if you remember this, JMO, you were freaking out like what? So yeah, this is a, definitely a true thing. No. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm remembering this now. <laughs> like I remember, you know, I, I'm, I, I grew up in the digital age and I started on uh, Ableton version three okay. in two, in 2004. And I remember when, uh, you know, I remember when they came out with like a digital, like analog tape plugin and, and it sort of, it just got like gave, it, it sort of squished the sound and gave it like that nice, warm, um, analog tapey feel. And I literally put that plugin on almost every track, um, that I did and every mixtape that I mastered, uh, back in the day. So <laughs> learning that little piece of like how to actually work with the, um you know the, the the film what is it what's what's it what's it made out of it's uh the, it's like a you're about the 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 vinyl the the yeah it's it's it's, it's vinyl tape or or it's it's uh is it isn't it is it the 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 tape it's made out of some other material i, for, I forget that i don't know you talk about that you talk about what you're using to put to stream right to, to play the music right yeah 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 like what what is the tape made out of the, the uh, tape i know what you're talking about it's um J6 no, it's like a celluloid, celluloid. Yeah. Celluloid. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's amazing, it. man. This is awesome stuff. So let me ask you because um I I, I didn't really know. We we talked, but we, I didn't you, we really didn't get too much into music um so so much. And then I saw you DJing at the at the our house, which was kind of fun. I walked by, I was like, Jamo's DJing here. This is great. So tell me about the music. I did see a video with you and you have guitars in the background. So let, let's dive into the music before we get into shells. And I want to hear uh, about your uh, musical experience and your um, 
um, just, you know, what you've been doing with music itself. Yeah, man, absolutely. So, um, you know, I grew up in Connecticut in a household. We had a piano, we had a clarinet, we had a violin. I started playing the clarinet when I was eight years old. Um, when I was 10 years old, I switched over to the cello. And when I was 14, I got a job at a nightclub and watched the the DJs uh, sort of do what they did because I, I, I was 14. I didn't know how to talk to the 18, 21 year olds. I just stood there and watched the DJ and I was like, oh my God, this guy's so cool. Um, fast forward to, I moved to, I moved to uh, New York city. I got another job at a nightclub and I convinced the owner of the nightclub to let me come in before my shift in order to, uh, practice on their CDJs. This is, uh, 2003. Um, I was still 17. Uh, I, I, I dropped out and graduated high school, um, a, a year, a year early, top 10% of my class. And, um, started learning how to DJ, moved to Los Angeles the next year, made friends with uh, a bunch of DJs out there, kind of got into the rave scene, was able to secure a copy of Ableton, made my first mixtape via Ableton, then went to college in New York City at uh, Baruch uh, College in Manhattan, the Zicklin School of Business. I got a job at the school's radio station. I had a a, a Monday two-hour show called The Factory. Uh, where I played techno music and I learned how to DJ on Serato, um, figured out how to get a Dell Pentium or a De Dell Inspire on 1450, if anybody knows what those are, to play Serato and, 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 uh, and, and DJ. And about six months after that, I had my first paid gig, put myself through college, um, traveled the world, DJed in Tokyo, DJed in... Uh, uh, London for fashion take week. Us, take Munich. take us into take us into uh, DJing. Take us into that. Like when you when you first realized, oh shit, there's a shit ton of people out there. I better not fuck up. Take us through that journey when you when you when you actually <laughs> realized that uh, this was some some of somewhat of a calling for you. Yeah, uh, you know it. When I was, I was the first kid in high school to get a, a CD burner and a cable internet. And so in order to, you know, sort of barter with my friends, I would make mixtapes for them for, for their cars. And so that was like my first sort of parlay into, you know, being a content curator or being a music curator. Then when I started DJing, you know, nightclubs, I remember the first gig I had, I played 80s music at a place called Naked Lunch in Soho. And it was like, holy moly, like these people, their experience of tonight is 100% in my hands. And it was both invigorating, exhilarating and, and terrifying at, all at the same time. But it, I, I, I absolutely 100% loved it. I loved the thrill. Uh, back then, it was really hard to find music to get and secure uh, like like cool tracks to play. Um, and I took a lot of pride in in my content curation and in my music game, and you know, learning about '80s music, '90s music, um, hip hop. Back then, the big thing was mashup and and what's called open format. So you know, I it, it was it was really cool. And I found myself in competition with myself, trying to outdo myself uh, sort of every single week 
right? Oh, how do I DJ in this club? How do I open up for that guy? Um, how do you know? And, 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 and that, that, that was sort of like the, that was like sort of the progression. And since I was paying for college with DJing, I took every single gig I could, sure, sure. anything. I would, I would play weddings, bar mitzvahs, uh, retirement parties, uh, nightclubs, bars, restaurants, like you name it. Like you offered me money. I took it. And, and, and so I, I was we able to develop a very, very diverse. Test. We got to hear more about the retirement party, right? I that was my passion. That's what, that's what drove me in the, you know, the, the early, the early 2000s, I would say. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and like he did mention, you know, you, you know, and you did mention that you did, uh, you know, retirement homes and stuff like that. What were you playing in the retirement homes? Just curious if you remember. Dude, do, 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 okay. pop beach, 60s beach, you know, beach sure, boys, sure, Elvis sure. Presley. Uh, basically everything that I used to listen to in my father's car growing up because my, my dad's 40 years older than me. So, you know, when I, yeah, when I was driving around in his car, he was listening to, to, to the Beach Boys. And, and so I, I had a, a pretty far back musical knowledge already um, going into it. So, you know, uh, doo wop is actually one, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite genres, you know, so like 40s, yeah, 40s music. 50s, that's that, that, that music. Yeah. A different style. Yeah, when, when, when stuff was clean. Sure. You know what I mean? When it was like clean and yeah, happy. I love that. Was, I love know. that clean stuff. Hefner, I, if I want, if you don't want me to interject, let me know because I won't do it. But it's a great conversation. Uh, if, if you have, if you have anything that you want to um, ask, no, just uh, go for it. You know, just uh, you know what's up. Um, I, I think that's awesome, JMO. What? So, like DJing wise, where? How did? Where did you find your your the music that you really really um, liked and that you ended up playing more often? Like, where did you find your voice with that DJing? Um, as you were doing all those different types of gigs. Yeah, I, uh, so, I mean, I was a, I was a pro on LimeWire. I was a pro on uh, SoundCloud. Um, I had my first hype machine number one in 2008. I did my own um, remixes. It was a Daft Punk One More Time remix. Um, and so uh, yeah, I really loved that mashup. I made a lot of them. I, you know, like I sat in Ableton, but you know, I was all about that pirated life, the, the torrents. Um, I, I would, I would really search for people that had music catalogs, uh, globally. So I tried to find a lot of music from people that were in Europe because the European sound felt a little bit fresh. It felt like not every DJ had it. So it, if, you know, I was playing that type of music, then I had a little bit of an edge. Which you need um, as a DJ. You don't want to be playing the same as everybody else. So like you mentioned before, mashups, mashups are huge. Uh, getting those exclusives from artists themselves and saying, giving it to you on a, on a, uh, a USB stick or a, or a white labeled, you know, something on vinyl that's white labeled, you know, that's not even released yet. Those are the things, like you say, give you the edge. That's the most important thing that gets you up and over. And, um, you know, where people are actually wanting to go see you DJ for sure. When they know that you're going to be in town. Yeah, and back and back then you would literally hang out by the DJ booth and look over and try to see the label on the record or try to see, you know, when when USB sticks came out, try to see try to see the, the try to yeah, see yeah. the name. 
the the name the name of that track, you know, or you know, maybe you were maybe you were cool and you just went over and you were able to ask the DJ because they liked you, like, oh, this is, you know, this is some Eric Priz, or this is this is some new Daft Punk, this is some crazy shit or whatever, you know what I mean? And if you were cool, people would give you that alpha, right? If you weren't cool, they were like, Get the fuck out of here. you know, if, if <laughs> yeah, if you were if you were walking around with a mean mug and your arms crossed and you didn't like nobody well you weren't getting that track name you know what i mean but if you were curl cool you you know came up to the dj you brought him a drink maybe you had some hot girls with you or something like that um hot girls definitely would then hot girls i think would definitely get you play uh at least they <laughs> you would get their whole playlist i'm sure <laughs> you just <laughs> girls in the booth. Um, uh, real quick, I want to just uh, not reset the room. I don't need to do that. I do want to remind everybody because I forget to do it all the time is just make sure you um, retweet, like, comment uh, if you like what's going on and what's being said here. We're, we're still on the surface. We're digging deep in, in here with JMO. So thank you so much, everybody, also for tuning in. This is Just Riff, and we do every Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Uh, so JMO, let's go back to music now. So DJing is a thing, and you played clarinet. And the viol, uh, you said the cello, 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 cello for like cello is insane. Yeah. Okay, so a, a cousin of the cello is the upright bass, which I I didn't take the privilege to learn. I did learn drums, but I really always wanted to learn that upright bass. And I know it's like the cousin or whatever to the cello, but I want to uh, move away from that for a second. Have you produced any music? Have you arranged any music? Um, besides DJing, have you gotten to any other aspects of music or did you just stick with DJing? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, you know, like I said earlier in the show, I got Ableton version three back in 2004. Uh, I started working, I released my first track on iTunes. Uh, it's called moving in love, the Epic mix. Uh, I think it's still on iTunes. It might not be on Spotify anymore. Um, I released that in like 2008. Um, it was a very dreary kind of like song, but the producing the remixes and cutting up stuff, cutting up stuff in new and interesting ways was, um, was sort of my thing. Uh, it actually led me to getting onto a TV show. I was on uh, season two of master of Smirnoff's master of the mix, which was on BET, um, in 2010. Um, and I was labeled there as the the DJ that that made his own mixes that that remixed tracks and put tracks together and did things, um, you know, did things uh, it not on records because that show was sort of fake focused on DJing and the art of DJing, cutting, scratching, blending, DJing with a band, um, you know, stuff 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 like that, but and. <laughs> I was sort of put straight into the center of the, the the next generation of DJ, which would be the DJ that creates things, not necessarily on the fly, but in the comfort of their own bedroom on computer software. That led me into uh, surrounding myself with musicians that were and composers that were much better than mine. Uh, I released um, with my buddy Jack Ford our first song together in like 2000 and 2016. Um, it was called Only Time and uh, released a couple more with him. And we released our first uh, Web3 song, NFT, 
sold, uh, I think, 106 copies on uh, Sound XYZ. Uh, it's a house music, and it's a, a DJ duo that me and Jack created called Jack and JMO. And we have, I think, seven or eight unreleased songs. Um, and at some point, we'll re we'll release we'll release an album. It's all um, house music uh, in the in the vein of techno. If anybody knows, uh, like Tale of Us, Afterlife. Uh, it's sort of you know, kind of sings down down that um, down down that melody. Y you did see. Um, if you saw something with me with guitars in the background, that's at our place in uh, in Tennessee. I have a home with Jack uh, in Nashville, and we got a studio in the basement. It's super cool. We could play drums at four o'clock in the morning. Oh, Nobody bothers us. You're in much, heaven. Much, oh my God, it's heaven. Much different from Brooklyn, where I would pay you know fifty bucks an hour to go into a, a little tiny room to mix a record um away from you know all of the all of the residential areas so it's 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 super cool having that kind of serene place to go to in in nashville and and, that, and sit with jack yeah. in the studio and make and make that's and great make and nashville is like a huge music city in itself so that that's awesome that you're able to um to have that place and uh, and doing your thing with jack the stuff that's on sound xyz i'm definitely going to go check that out and i think everybody that's in here should definitely go um check it out because this is something that you probably didn't know about jmo if you know who jmo is and um this is definitely something i didn't know that you were that deep into the music um and, and actually making it and and moving forward to actually do something else which is make a you know do a whole full full-on album and see where it goes from there uh with with me and are you going to tour as well you're going to go out there and uh, support the record you're going to just kind of do it and then leave it where it's at in the sense of on the you know you, you know so my my whole business plan and and theory is to you know right now i'm at the i'm at the point in my life where i you know, i dj'd for so long at a certain level and i hit as at some point at some point i hit the glass ceiling so what what my goal right now is to build you know basically a, a a very large company you know where i can basically set myself up to have uh the ability to invest into a dj act and do and do it right you know cuz i'm 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 not at the place where i want to go out and dj for money anymore i think you know my passion is building companies entrepreneurship, et cetera, um, in, 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 in other spheres. And I would want music to be 100%, um, passion. You know, I want, I want it to be passion driven. So, as, as it should um, be, in, in my opinion, I think music should be passion driven, not money driven. If you're passionate about it, the money will come when you're money driven you might get lucky and have that one hit wonder and then you're done. So long yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I always, I always like to, to, uh, you know, sort of reference Daft Punk, right? The Daft Punk pyramid tour broke even. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't make a dollar on that tour, right? They, they basically, they spent as much money as they were going to make designing and doing something cool. And, you know, when, when Jack and JMO really goes big, that's sort of the mentality that I would I would look at it. Um, you know, 
Whereas it's about the art, it's about giving back, it's about entertainment, not just not just financial. Yeah, and much respect for that because this again is it makes you a genuine musician. It makes you a genuine person when you're doing something like this, when it's passion driven and it's not for the money. Uh, of course, you're going to still eat and stuff like that. And you still got to put, you know, food in your stomach and whatnot and pay your bills. But all in all, you're not focused in on the money aspect of it, which I totally respect. So, so 100% much respect on that. I want to, I want to jump into, I want to stay with music for a second here. Um, and, and the blockchain. So we got all this stuff. Now you, you did stuff on the blockchain already. And then you have a, a, a woman named like a Violetta who we're going to have on our show. Um, I think next week she's going to stop through and she's the first person that did something on the, uh, inscribed, you know, as an ordinal song uh, to leave it on the blockchain la- long lasting and whatnot. How, where do you see music in the blockchain uh, moving forward through this year into 25? Like, where do you see it all going? Do you see it streaming from the blockchain? Do you see it being a fad, like uh, going and then uh, going in and then dying down? Uh, or do you see it actually sustaining and, and pushing forward into the future? You know, th- that's a really great question. Violetta is the homie. Uh, the voice on that girl, absolutely incredible. Also lives in Nashville. Um, you know, we go out, we kick it, we have dinner every now and then, and and we always meet up at, at the NFT events as well. Um, I, I I see I see it continuing, right? And I and I see Web three and the digital collectible music as a way for artists to give fans something if they want it, right? It, it's it's bringing back the feeling of having a, you know, a, a an, an album, right? Nobody wants to carry around a CD case mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's just like, it, it, you know, I, I, I live, I live out of a carry on suitcase practically, right? I'm, I'm traveling, um, 80, 80% of the year. And, and so I, 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 I you know, a, a physical good, to me means almost nothing, but you know, I just, I literally just looked in my wallet today and I got an airdrop from Violetta, something I didn't even know was going to show up, but it's literally like the last NFT that entered my wallet. And I was like, Oh, that's cute. That's cool. Like, what's up, homie. Thanks. Easy peasy. Right? You don't have to and carry it. it. It's in your wallet. Are you talking shit. about like, a JPEG? Was... Oh, music. It, it, okay. Yeah. Well, well it, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know what she sent me. Right. I didn't click on it. It could have been a piece of music. It could have just been a picture of her. And it said, what are you talking about, friend? Uh, An NFT that Violetta, who's one of the premier Web3 artists, sent to me because I. First of all, let's what is Web3? Can we define that? Maybe. Is this Web3 right here? Keith, that's not our focus here. Our focus is technology. Technology, music. I don't know. I'm just interjecting. No gotcha, worries. Gotcha. All right, Jamo, keep keep moving on. Jamo. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you know, web three musicians will continue to figure out how to curate their audience and how to give them what they want, right? How to connect with them in deeper, more, more meaningful ways. I don't in reality, right? Spotify is a much easier way to listen to music. But there's no way for okay, NFTs work really well 
because people can brag about them, right? I see apes in the audience. I see columns oh, in the absurd. audience. Absurd. All of this is absurd. Is that what this is? Is that what art is? <laughs> I mean, because Hefner, I don't want to overtake the conversation, but if we're talking technology, because this is silly. Is that is that what this was to brag about a JPEG? Is that what all this is? All this economy? Okay, Keith, money? Keith, you're you're coming from a different angle here, and we're trying yeah. to. I'm trying to push the show just, to a certain. Yeah. Okay, oh, well, okay. you said hold technology. On. I thought it was music. Hold, hold on, dude. Hold on. Okay, okay. just just. No I don't want to have to kick you off the stage. So just chill, please. Just relax. I uh, want to apologize uh, for the interruption. Uh, yeah, because you know we're not we're not really there with you, Keith. We're trying to have a conversation with Jameson Hill well, here. I'm, I'm and he's well. No worries. Okay. okay. All right. All right. We'll just take it slow. Please go ahead. Please. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. I respect and appreciate, uh, Jameson. Uh, so yeah, so you got this. Uh, I'm I'm lost now. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. No. Check. Check this out. Check this out. Okay. So. You like a band, right? You listen to their song on Spotify. But nobody else sees your Spotify except maybe if you post on Instagram your year-end review, right? That you like this band. So it, you can't really like show your support outwardly, right? A mu the music NFT allows you to show your support for an artist or a band outwardly, right? This NFT sits in your public wallet. It's, it stands as an expression of yourself. It stands of, uh, as an expression of your taste or, you know, whether your taste is good and or bad, <laughs> but it, 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 you know, people look in each other's wallets, right? That's what, that's what the whole NFT culture is, is, is kind of cool public, for, right? As you you know, I, yeah, it's public. I could go in your wallet. I could check it out. You know, I could verify that, you know, that Corey Van Lu PFP is yours it's or not, mine. right? <laughs> I, 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 I believe you, right? I believe you. And I got two of them too. Mine. I don't, I don't think mine has an orange background, I, I flex, but I flex you know. my, I flip mine a little bit there, you know, JMO. That's, I, yeah, I get it, know, dude. Or, or the, pulling that yes, ordinal yes. hype. Little ordinal <laughs> hype. You got it. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think that it, it will continue to grow. I don't, you know, th there's what, what kind of, what kind of sucks about music and, and NFTs is there's very few musicians that are able to really make a living in music NFTs. Let alone, let alone music um, itself. Cor cor correct. But the 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 ones the ones that did it built, you know, a really nice fan base. Like I believe Violetta does a great job at curating her fans and giving back to her fans. And I know that, you know, every week she's working towards giving them valuable feedback, valuable or valuable information. Right. And if people and art, or I'm sorry, if artists follow that pattern, I think that they will be able to, you know, put dinner on the table. Right. Um, it's not, it's not in web three music. It's not just the music that, that the fan is looking for. They're looking for a connection with the artists, you know, maybe not as deep as a, of a connection as like a, you know, like a only fans or um, a Patreon or, or something like you're this right. or, or no, you're whatever. Right 100%. Right? People do want to connect. They want to connect with you. Um, 
so bad. And I, I, I go, go ahead, just go on. Cause I know where you're going to go. Go keep finish. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, listen, like, okay. So, you know, with shells or like our NFT project, I went away for a month, right? I literally, I went on vacation for a month. This is my first Twitter space back in a month. I didn't tweet. I didn't check Twitter in an exact month. People like from our community are like, yo, is JMO gone? Like, you know what I mean? Like, did he drop out? Like, is he, is he not coming? Is he not? Is he not coming back? Like, what's going on? Right. <laughs> and 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 because, you know, for a year and a half, I gave them the community that untethered, unhinged connection to me. Right. Almost, you know, multiple times, multiple times a week. Right. And as uh, you know, the like as a as the core piece of, of that. And I think I think NFT projects and NFT musicians like NFT musicians have a lot to learn from NFT projects, because I believe that the community and the way NFT communities. Uh, um, like, you know, bond mm -hmm. together and come together is around a similar cause, a similar feeling, a similar like, right? It's just a feeling of, of belonging. And if, if music NFT artists, creators are able to replicate that, I think that they're going to have, you, you know, they're going to see and reap the rewards in this upcoming bull Yeah, I, I believe so. I, I totally think that 2024 is going to be uh, the way for the music, um, possibly film, but maybe film in 2025. But I think it's all coming. And I 100%, you nailed it on the head. You it, 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 Music is, is the people that come to see you, they're your community. The people that are in the audience, that is a community of people that are coming to see you because they love your music. And it's the same. It's the same thing. As soon as musicians get out of their head, their ego, and they can kind of understand what's happening here in Web3 or in this new wave of technology, which will allow them to have to claim ownership of their music again, opposed to being signed to a record label. And then you end up owing them money at the end of the day and they own your they own your rights, the rights to your music or whatever the situation may be, whatever your deal, uh, you know, encompasses. But I, I think you're, you nailed it on the head. Like musicians once they understand how art nft projects are moving they can apply that to the music along with so many other things the physical along with the digital because you don't get that when i buy your song on apple for a dollar or wherever you know i'm not getting anything but just that if i want to go get the album i got to go to a record store and then again it's it's you know i'm, I'm going through and i'm going taking my time to do all that. I would much rather buy your music digitally. And then if you're going to give something back to the community, I would love to, to get that. That would be great. That would be a great selling point. Like, Oh, I'm going to get double vinyl with your NFT album. That's amazing. Right. Or whatever it may be. So I think you're, you're, you're dead on. And Violetta, she hustles hard. Eunice hustles hard. We got a girl named Mia Leilani. Amazing. She's coming on next week too. Amazing. Uh, or on the 13th of, of February. Sorry. Uh, amazing voice. Like, and she's like 18, 19 is killing it. So I think once people do grasp the concept behind what they can do with the NFT, once they see it, 
uh, it's going to be lights out, and then everyone and their mom is going to want to get on the blockchain musically. Hey, Hef, Hef, can you hear me okay? Absolutely. Go for it, J6. The mic is all yours. Okay. So, yeah, sorry, guys. The power went out in my whole neighborhood, so I had to drive. There's like no connections. I'm on it. I don't want to waste time explaining that. But uh, I just really uh, wanted to uh, double down on what Jamo said about uh, it was really cool getting the, uh, you know, like the surprise thing in his wallet. Like, hey, baby, let's me and also what he said about what you said, Jamo, about uh, traveling light, and I think that's the way of the future, and I think it's so cool. And to me, when I was a kid, uh, it was about uh, liner notes on albums and laying on the bed and looking at the album. But I think NFTs are the new liner notes. I think NFTs are the new album cover. NFTs are the new uh, Farrah Fawcett poster on your bedroom wall. I guess said Farrah Fawcett. I don't laugh, but anyway. But you know, uh, but it's like, <laughs> but you know, I think it's the, it's the new like, it's just that new thing that really um, that that thing that you just dine dine out on. You daydream and you see, you're listening to your artist and you're dining out, saying, "Wow, man, this is." this guy played guitar on this record and you get all this stuff from the nft as hef was saying when you buy a download from apple or whatever they're starting to do it these days but forever you wouldn't get any information except for the artist name and the title and maybe if there was a feature on it but no idea who produced it no idea who played drums on it no idea who even co-wrote the song so I just wanted to chime in there. I think it, it gets good in all this. And let's face it, the uh, carbon footprint that vinyl makes, fuck that, you know? We have enough bullshit, uh, you know, filling our landfills. Let's have a digital uh, vinyl. But anyway, digital okay. vinyl would be cool, too. I, I, I know you were making some stuff as well. Um, but, but yeah, great point, you know, uh, uh, J6. I mean, this is um, I, just the way of the future, man, and who knows what it's going to be, but I totally think that music will live on the blockchain. And uh, the next real thing, JMO, is how in the hell do we stream the music like we do normally now? How do we stream that from uh, from the blockchain itself? Uh, so that's that's really us <laughs> questioning the industry moving forward. I hope that somebody does come with some sort of plan uh, that can definitely help musicians. There are sites like Sound XYZ, but I have so many questions with that because you know, they're, they're allowing you to add songs to your playlist if you haven't paid for them. And I just think, okay, I understand like, you know, the whole LimeWire thing and the whole, uh, what was it, Napster and that whole thing of, of trading and sharing music. I mean, it still goes on today. Um, but I, I really do want the musicians to get their money, no matter how, how, how crazy it sounds. Um, I think that, you know, on, uh, um, on a site like sound.xyz um, that if you're going to create a playlist, then you should own those songs that are in your playlist. That's just my, my opinion here because you're not paying a one-time fee like you do uh, to uh, Spotify or to YouTube music, which is quote unquote, a licensing fee that you're paying. So you can play the music and you can play anybody's music. And that's why um, musicians get a tiny, tiny cut unless you're, you know, streaming millions of, of times because you're in that pool that, you, you know, for your $14.99 and then however many other people, and then they got their salary, they got to pay. I don't want to get too d deep into that, but that's what, what it is. And it's pretty tough. Yeah. Hefner, Hefner, Hefner. I want to, I want to, I want to dive into this be, be, because, because we, we had, a, we had a news bulletin come across today. SoundCloud is on sale for $1 billion. Now, as an artist that grew up in the golden age of SoundCloud, which started in like 2007, I paid close to $2,000 to SoundCloud to host my music so that people 
could listen to it so that I could get work as a DJ in New York City, right? It was the premium, easiest way for me to send music to people to listen to so that I could get paid. That's gone, right? Listening to music is now free. You could upload shit to YouTube for free all day long, right? SoundCloud, dude, I don't even know. I, I, People use it still, but I don't know anybody who does. There's been so many alternatives that turned to, to free, right? And the ability, you know, because there's, there's, there's two things with being a musician, right? And there's, there's two sides of the store story, and, and some people view two things as an advantage, right? One is visibility, and one is monetization, right? For some, probably for most, if not so close to all that it doesn't matter, visibility is the most important part of the music, right? Yeah, you, I, you got to get people and, to listen to your stuff. So they got to see you. They got to hear it. Yeah, for sure. So, so having the ability for, to get into those playlists, right? And I, I, I've seen some of those curators on Sound XYZ. They got playlists with a thousand a thousand nfts in them and you those curators they wouldn't be able to to promote all of those artists if it weren't open like that right so i i don't knock that if you want to playlist something you should own it um i think the cumbersome part of listening to a music nft is that it's you know it's it's not really uh you know you know it's 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 not an app it's not a it's not this perfectly seamless thing. We went backwards in time, right? And I think at some point, Apple will get their stick out of their ass and allow us to, you know, have apps that access things on chain. And it's it's going to come, right? Because actually in, in March of 2024, uh, you no longer have to have, uh, you can install apps that are not from the app store on your iPhone. So this is going to become a big thing. And I believe we're going to see a lot more blockchain technology take off. Um, What's really big about this for anybody in the audience that doesn't know, Apple charges an app store fee of 30% uh, to 50% on every transaction that ever happens, right? And so that's why if you go to Coinbase wallet, you can't actually, uh, you know, uh, directly or if you go to OpenSea, you can't buy and sell an NFT on the OpenSea app. It's because of Apple's permissions and the way they regulate stuff in America because they, they're greedy and they just want their money, right? That's going to change. And that's coming in a few months. Coincidentally, it also coincides with Bitcoin's mm. happening. It's all making sense, JMO. That's great alpha right there that you just dropped on that. So... Uh- I mean, this is pretty big stuff. Like, I have no idea about this. You know, you're saying that uh, they're, they're going to allow anybody to make... So what, would it be a direct download from, like, a, the actual, uh, you know, third party as opposed to being in their app store? Or would it be allowed on their app store as well? Yeah, yeah, c- correct. So, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna make the JMO app, right? And I'm going to be able to send you the JMO app. You're going to be able to download it and put it on your phone. Rather, it's there's going to be no app store whatsoever. So, it's yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna change everything. 
Yeah, that's basically. Wild. Yeah, very wild, huh? J six. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I mean, that's been, I think, uh, the biggest cock block for a lot of upstarts. You know, not being able to. You know, that's what you know. It's why Android, uh, the Android store, is just. It seems like it's like spam. Uh, it's I don't know. It's like like they're the two extremes. Like Apple store is super, uh, super clean and. You know, it's safe, but at the same time, you can't really get everything. And then the Apple store, or the, the, the Android store, you got all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, seems like you have, uh, you know, some shit you can fall into that you might not want to. But it seems like, now, are they going to get rid of the Apple's app store altogether, or are you just they're just going to give you the ability to host it uh, from your own personal? No, uh, there, there is, there is no way they're getting rid of the apple app store and dude i agree with you the apple app store is clean everything about apple is clean i lost my airpods djing at this party on new year's and dude they are they, they are going for i'm in south america they go for six hundred dollars down here and i went to go buy some knockoffs i put them in my ear and i was like no 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 i can't i can't have these jbls i can't have these knockoffs i need that real clean apple product Right. Because it's it's, you know, I, I like to keep my day and my life clean so that my mind can focus on the things that will, you know, bring, I don't know, make make shit better in my life. Preach. Life of others. Um, <laughs> and Apple products help me do that. I don't have to worry That's about right. them. Unbelievable, man. I, um, so, dude, man, just I didn't know you had that much alpha. <laughs> like, you know what I mean, uh, JMO. So, this is a, a breath of fresh air chatting with you tonight. Uh, greatly appreciate it, man. I'm going to thank you again. Um, sh- let's get into Shell's orb. I'm going to dive away from the music for just a minute here because you know we 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 respect your time. Okay. Uh, so let's dive into Shell's orb. Shell's orbs happens in in August of 22. Um, there's a comic and a TV show. Um, go, let's go into that. Plus, you, you, you're working with the Nice Brothers. This is amazing. Those guys do the Umbrella Academy, like a whole bunch of cool shit. And so you're, you're tied in with them. I want to know, um, tell us about Shell's Orb, what's happening with it, uh, where is it at today from where it was when it first started? Yeah, for sure. So, Shell, you know, yeah, we launched Shell's Orb about a year and a half ago. Shortly after we launched, we got in touch with the Nice Brothers. Uh, producer of, um, of Umbrella Academy, we started working on uh, developing a, a a pilot for for a TV show for an animated TV series. Then the writer's strike came. Of course, so we uh, we 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 animated the pilot right because you know we were able to do that. So we have this animated, you know, this I don't know two minute or two 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 some odd minute animated short ready to pitch um, Hollywood with. Uh, about a hundred pages of treatment. They're excellent writers. We have an entire story, world, uh, character development, two seasons worth of you know, kind of like c- character arcs, etc. All written, uh, come out. We have another collection called the Tracks, which we have no idea when we're going to release, but we have an entire work in for that collection in the TV series. Um, we're working right now on the voiceover for that uh, that animated pitch, and then the Nice Brothers are going to be taking it to Hollywood, and you know, seeing if they have an appetite for uh, some new Web three created IP that has 
um, you know, community built in and in incredible art. Um, that's a that's a that's a long process, right? Um, and we knew that from the beginning. I knew, you know, a year and a half ago when we started working with the Nice Brothers, like, hey, this isn't going to be an instantaneous thing. But you know, the movie industry, uh, much like the 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 music industry, was a long time passion of mine. I lived in Los Angeles probably eight years of my life. Um, before Shell's Orb, I had a production company called Cream on Top. We made interviews. I shot music videos for people and stuff like that. So creating content, et cetera, super dear to my heart. And I, you know, listen, I can't promise anything, but the Nice brothers know a lot of really cool people. Um, we're talking with Mike Rooker from Guardians of the Galaxy, see if he'll come on and, and be the voice of our lead character. That's, that's great. And then yeah, like, you know, whether it's him or whether it's somebody else um, or, you know, or a plethora of people, right? This animated series. There's a lot of there's a lot of amazing voice actors out there in in Hollywood that are looking to do um, really, really amazing things. So. That's sort of where that where where that is it and and Shell's Orb right now, literally, you know, it's so funny, as I mentioned earlier. I took a month off, right? And I came back and the community was stronger than ever. Right? Like I was like, holy moly, like I left and literally the community just started like going crazy, right? Because Shell's Orb was never around, never minted in a bear market. We didn't, you know, we didn't have the privilege of, you know, being some of those projects that minted like rug radio right rug radio is january yeah. two years ago coming up on the two two year anniversary congratulations for oak and the whole rug radio team i minted that fantastic project fantastic community and 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 supporters of web3 that rug radio has been i'm a firm believer i dude i i i was with Farouk in his clubhouse rooms when he had six people on a sunday morning that guy is one of the hardest working people in the industry He's a visionary and very good at marketing. Very good. Very good. Uh, like fam all the way. Fam all the way. Um, and I, I think, you know, our community is excited about the possibilities and what can happen in the in the bull market. Since our project was a little bit more focused on art and the more eyeballs that we get on the project, the more community members we have, right? All of the people that were in it for the money are gone, right? Now it's just a community of people who really love art and who are invested and want to see want to see what comes out of the this this storytelling thing that we've we've created. And it's I don't know, it's 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 a blast to work on. Does it move at a mile a minute? No. You know, does it you know, create piles of, 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 of revenue for us right now? No, but you know, it's, it's currently, it's currently like, not like, not about that. You know what I mean? It's about, Oh, Hey, we've got this idea. Is it going to turn into a comic book? Maybe. What will the comic book do? Who knows, but it'll be dope. Right. What will the TV show do? Who knows, but it'll be dope. So we're just sort of going, going with the flow on shells orb and, 
you know, communities or we're still doing partnerships. I think we have, um, there's a nifty Island yeah. video game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving it. I can't wait. I'm excited for this thing. A uh, rug radio too is doing something on January 17th where we're able to play with our, uh, Corey Van Loo PFPs. So I'm excited about that. Go, go on. So check. So, so check this out. So Shinobi, our, our main character, you will be able to play as Shinobi as well. So we we have a we built a 3D character. It was Dao funded, the Orb Stash Dao funded a 3D designer to basically take uh, one of our Genesis Shells Orb characters and turn it into 3D. And it is freaking amazing. It's like super beautiful. Uh, and in literally in the last 30 days, while I was on vacation taking a hiatus, <laughs> the community uh, shout out to Vorpal, aka Mike Dillinger, incredible artist. He got the the shinobi into the game, so that's <laughs> like, you know, it's it's yeah, it's 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 super cool. You know what I mean? So and, and our, our brand Shellzorb will now be among you know cyber kongs and apes, etc., trudging along in the game. Um, you know, in in, in so the cool. game and and, and <laughs> fighting. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome, awesome. But yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's awesome. And Mike is he? He's just a community member, like he's a owner of the NFT and. He pushed or he's one of the artists. He, yeah. Yeah. He is. So, so Mike is a, is a, is an artist. He's a full-time artist worked on crazy stuff for the Super Bowl. became one of our biggest community members, biggest supporters, biggest holders. And just this, you know, he just came, became part of the community. We recently launched um, the, so one of the things that with our community and with our art project is that it's incredibly detailed. There's 2,000 traits in a in a 9,000 piece collection. It took eight artists six months of work to draw our collection. Um, every NFT is 3,000 by 500 pixels, um, uncompressed PNG files, over 300 gigabytes of data stored over IPFS. We're the highest quality um, hand drawn NFT project ever created, which means which means it set us up to have no derivatives and no knockoffs. So nobody, not a single person, was created a derivative of our project. Mike Dillinger, aka Vorpal, he came through, and he, and as AI was coming out at the beginning of this year, he says, "Hey, JMO, why don't we create an AI collection?" <clears throat> and I go, "That sounds great. How do we do it?" He's like, "Listen, you know, give me like, you know, a couple ETH, and I'll do it." And I go, "Okay, great." So we put it in a DAO vote. The DAO said yes. We hired him to do the, the the AI collection. And then AI started getting really, 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 really good. So it took him about nine months, but then we released what I, I, I'm pretty damn sure is the highest quality AI derivative collection of an NFT collection. 3,000 pieces with a bunch of them, one-to-one -one, um, iterations of tokens from Shellzorb. And then a good chunk, maybe 200 of them, are cinematic previews of worlds depicted in the Nice Brothers show documents that will serve as character boards for the upcoming TV show and or comic book. So it was like a really cool piece of community-created content that our community jumped around. And <clears throat> now we did something twice. We created you know, the, the most complex 
hand-drawn NFT collection. And now we created the most complex AI NFT collection, which is also a derivative. That's really cool. Um, that you got to make and, you up. Very yeah, cool that you're completely. using friggin' AI because I love AI. I also sent Vorpal a, 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 an invite to, to, talk, to speak if he wants to get on stage. So I sent you an invite. But, but go ahead, Jameson. This is just really cool now that we're talking about the art that was so like one-of-one style-ish uh, and hand-drawn. <clears throat> and I know it's a, a generative, but like, you know, it's insane that it's hand-drawn. But also now that you're utilizing AI with Vorpal, very friggin' cool. So, so continue on, Jamo. My bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th th that's, it, it, it's, you know, the, the token that, that I'm rocking right now as, as my PFP is part, is part of his collection. And we didn't actually, so, you know, sort of what's in store for, for Shells Orb. The thing about Shells Orb was it wasn't a PFP, right? It was these sort of sideways looking turtles, uh, done in the Azuki style you know, left facing, but incredibly detailed. Um, you could zoom in so far into these things and, quality, it, quality. you know, you see, yeah, you just see every single detail. It doesn't work as a PFP. It's not the greatest PFP in the world, right? That's why you see like Vorpal, Ro Vorpal's rocking a Saints, you know, a lot of people rocking other NFTs. Um, some guys are rocking a, a sister collection that we released, which was the prelude to Shells. Uh, we released called Street Turtle Puddle Club, which was basically the collection that we didn't release <laughs> before we did Shell's Orb. We had an entire collection. Um, and so that was that was Street Turtle Puddle Club. You see 420 Green down there. He's rocking a Street Turtle Puddle Club. Um, <clears throat> but upcoming at some point in the future, I don't know when it is, probably when, you know, the bull market is in full effect. We have another entire collection called the Tracks which are forward-facing, humanistic uh, characters that were created by the same artistic team. Um, that's sort of like ready to go in the rocket ship for whenever, you know, there's, there's this like hype and sort of like momentum going along inside of the, the NFT market. Um, and we're, we're going to drop that and that'll be our, our, our super mainstream uh, kind of like PFP collection. So that's something uh, to look forward to, yeah. I guess. Something, that something very interesting. Um, we got Vorpal up here. Vorpal, welcome to Just Riffin. Thank you for coming, uh, <clears throat> hanging out with us and getting up on stage. Uh, tell us about your process while JMO was on vacation. What was your thought process going into it? Did you Was it like, I'm just going to go for it, and then I'll mention it to him? Or how, how did this all come about for you mentally? That's a, a really great question. I, I think JMO from the very beginning has always made Shell Zorb like a community first project. Uh, there was like, you know, I, I, having been in the space for a while, you kind of like suss out these, uh, these kind of fly by night projects, you know, but JMO, not only was he doxxed, he was so invested and he was so intent on making the community a part of the, not only the process, but also that he wanted to really empower people to to take initiative to do things for the project. So it just from the very beginning, it it just sat well with me. I work as a digital art director and as a professional artist, mostly doing corporate and entertainment style um, motion design and stuff like that. So having a project like Shell's Orb, where not only was the art incredible, but also I felt empowered as an artist to sort of 
touch grass. I know there's a lot of us who do professional work with something that we're either spent time learning or are talented at. Sometimes it's great to just go home to a canvas and just start splashing paint all over after a day of like, you know, highly meticulous corporate driven work. So this was like almost my way of touching grass. And then when JMO kind of like, you know, a well-deserved hiatus, like he pushed and pushed and pushed constantly active, you know, for a solid year plus, um, it just was, you know, time for him to sort of just take a break. And we all understood and respected that, you know, we, we all have to protect our mental health and see what comes back. And maybe, you know, our brains kind of like work things. Uh, I don't know what just happened. It muted everybody. Uh, uh, hang on, everybody. I don't know what happened here. Oh, man, that's weird. Uh, let me go here. And then. Oh, I came oh, back on. I yeah, that was weird. On, but... It said everybody muted. And I'm like, uh, I didn't touch anything. I'm just listening to you. I uh, I don't know where you cut off at, but <laughs> Mike is all yours, Warple. No, so. Yeah, when he when when you know Jamo went away, like it's funny the the end of the year after you know twenty twenty three was a was pretty bearish, you know by all um, metrics, you know there was just this rising optimism, and then we connected with this really great project called Saints, and I think um, a, a few of the holders, you know high profile holders of shells, kind of really vibed with Saints. I'm being a West Coast person myself, I was like, yeah, I can definitely um, fuck around with this, and. What ended up happening was some of the saints, some of the really like high-profile saints um, community saw the art and were like, okay, I've never seen this. It's ridiculous. And then they just had this overwhelming reaction to it. And we realized, you know what? We were right a year ago when we went through all this. We were right that this is sort of mind-blowing and it's like unique. So to get that sort of affirmation leading into it and then... Um, you know, the Nifty Island, they released that trailer kind of in early to mid-December. And having worked with JMO on getting these 3D assets prepped, I was like, well, this is a great opportunity to start off 2024. And uh, JMO has a really great right-hand man in uh, Nikki Sushi, really salt-of-the-earth, uh, hard-working, blue-collar guy that just knows his way around a lot of different things and is, and is willing to... Uh, give people the benefit of the doubt and listen before he speaks, which is kind of like sometimes a, uh, a rare trait in this space. But uh, yeah, the dude was like, look, man, you want to run with this, go for it. And we'll just see what happens. So yeah, I think things like Nifty Island, these aggregators that are going to bring projects together, I think is feels really 2024 to me for some reason. So yeah, it was uh, exciting to kind of prep that we had to take the, shinobi model from like this very high poly incredibly textured octane rendered um kind of beauty almost like hyper realistic 3d render down to like low poly unity with like a little bit more base textures where they're like yeah your model needs to be under 80 megabytes um kind of thing so that was an interesting yeah, process how, but you, it's um it's good to have people like jay how, how'd you pull that off you're like that's such a small size for you know like art, I guess, you know, or, you know, digital art. Yeah. Well, for a 3D model, no doubt, but that's what Unity's running off of in Nifty Island. They have done their due diligence. They have a roadmap for people who are creating 3D assets and say, look, if you can follow this and set up the rigs properly, your your 3D avatar will fly, will 
you can run, you can jump, you can shoot. It like really feels Fortnite-ish, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And I you can that. also build out your own island, which yeah, so it's really cool. And I thought, okay, well, this is worth taking the time and trouble to really like get this low poly mesh going and like kind of dial back the UV textures and stuff like that. And it, it's it's turning out really really fascinating. And I think it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a boon for a lot of projects that just want to have their community you know have something to do and compete in and quest in and uh you know maybe build these like really one-off project specific islands you know so even other community members can go visit someone's island and be like oh yeah this feels like the orb you know or this feels like you know some kind of environment yeah, yeah. so that's really awesome i mean i'm not uh you know i'm an elder so i'm you know older than probably most of the people in the room here but uh so gaming actually um I'm past the sense where I'm sitting down and just playing all day long. I used to play Call of Duty all day long um, and, and GTA and whatnot. But this is going to bring me back to that. It looked really cool. And I think it's also going to be a resurgence for a lot of these projects that have just been kind of chilling and no one knows what's going on now. And you're going to be able to grab your characters and, and then run around and play and do all kinds of things. And like you said, visit somebody's land and it feels like an orb. It's like really, I, I, I feel you on that note. And I'm excited about it. I, I saw the graphics. It's it's incredible uh, what they're doing. Uh, I got to do a, a deeper dive into uh, Nifty Island itself, but I'm, I'm stoked nonetheless. How did you feel when you saw? Yeah, absolutely. how did you feel when you were able, when you saw your your character in there? Oh, it's like uh, the culmination of kind of like what you sort of build in the darkness to see it come to the light, right? So it it, it was remarkable to me to see like, wow. I mean, you know, there's there's people out there that are sort of like you know maybe default like anti yuga. You know, it's like being anti the Beatles or something, right? It's just everybody loves them, so it's like some people. But, you know, now you can go take your favorite character and go hunt some bored apes. or like. So it, it sort of felt like it engendered some, like, very realistic, but then cross-project either cooperation, collaboration, or even, like, sort of healthy competition. And I just thought, man, the space really kind of needed this. Why not let off some steam with these other projects that you either love or hate? And, you know, both of those work in this environment, which is, like, not really something we've seen before. So it's it was fascinating to see the the models sort of like move about this space and just realize wow there is a life kind of beyond these flat two-dimensional uh pfps that we love so much and to say wow this really could be the future so I, i'm excited to see the potential of this open beta Vorpal hey, and uh james i just got a question for both of you guys since you did all this work and created these uh awesome 3d characters and since gaming seems to be the next boom where everybody's talking about it, would you uh, consider maybe using these characters and building a, a game of your own? Or also, uh, I'm curious to see, like, I, Nifty Portal and or Nifty Island, and um, would, you, would these characters be interchangeable in other games, or is it specific just for this uh, Nifty Island? That's a great question. Um, I know that JMO actually had built out a proof of concept like early last year about like even like a, a 2D Marvel versus Capcom Konami style fighting game. And it looked hella dope. It was like crazy. And, and it, I mean, it was, again, JMO's a visionary. So he was like, look, 
why not build out this proof of concept? You have it in your pocket in case someone says, well, you know, but what, what about gaming? And you're like, boom, right on the table, right? So that's sort of like where we landed with Nifty Island. I personally think that building out these 3D models now is going to become so simple uh, and kind of an anybody can do it kind of thing that uh, you'll start seeing a lot more opportunities to for projects to not only build out good-looking uh, 3D models, but then people are going to develop AAA game titles where they're not going to have to build the characters of the lore. They will just simply import them from currently existing Web3 IP because it is built already for them. And these, these Web3 projects will be hungry for not only the visibility, but the playability. And it's just like, imagine if Fortnite just built out the entire world and not a single character, right? Didn't do any characters. All they did was scrub Web3 uh, for amazing characters or scrub all of Marvel for amazing characters. The gaming community is going to be hungry for that because of the experience, but the NFT community is hungry for it for the visibility and the playability. So, yeah, it's uh, I think it's a really synergistic kind of thing. Uh, to Jamo's point about me working on the AI shells, there was a period of time where I had probably put about three and a half to four months of work in it. And Midjourney, which was one of the primary uh, AI generators I used, where I built these bots um, and prompts to, to create the shells, they had an upgrade. And the upgrade was so good that I basically had to scrap about four and a half months of work and start again because... The, the no longer did the uh, the cohesion of the collection look as good as it did. So I was like, well, I can't just change horses midstream now. I will have to start over. So I, I just called him up and I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. But like they just dropped Midjourney 5 and it is like light years better. I will have to start over and basically scrap tens of thousands of images that I had already generated for curation. And he was like, no worries, man. We make it good. That's what we do. We make I it good. It. And that's his vision. He was like, quality, the best it can be, execute your vision. And I felt so empowered as even just a community member to to run that gamut. So yeah, kudos to kudos to JMO for his vision and his flexibility. Yeah, much, much props, JMO. That's uh, incredible that uh and that you know that you even had the patience uh, uh Vorpal to go back and do it. Now there's uh <laughs> mid journey six. So you're redoing it again. Right. <laughs> No, no, I, no, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm a joking. I'm a joking <laughs> up here. Uh, <laughs> that's a, no, and, and also to to jump on 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 J6's point, like you know, when when it comes when it comes to games, like yeah, we did build out that sort of proof of concept, and the the reasoning, you know, the reasoning was like, oh yeah, this you know this will be this will be great. We could definitely do this. It'll go in line with the the TV series, but but then you look at you know, an NFT Web3 company as a business. And it's like, oh, shit. How are we going to fund a game? Is that even possible, right? Are we good at games? Who, who, who can we find to work with? Like, is this something that we're passionate about, right? And dude, I literally sat there and watched a two-hour lecture with Sid Meier's about game theory. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Okay, maybe I could get into this but I'm not a game designer, right? And so, you know, we didn't have any game designers on the team. Now, should somebody from the community come through who is an epic game designer, 
and want to build a Shellzorb game and take any of the proof of concepts that, that we have and run with it, fuck yes. That will be where we go. But my motto has always been, we will go where we, the people who show up to take us there want, right? We did the AI Shells collection. Why? Because Vorpal showed up. Vorpal was there. Vorpal was like, hey, I'll take this. I'll run with this. Let me do this. Yeah, right? why not? That's what community is. That and and and, and you know, I if listen, if Gala Games wants to come to us, produce our TV series, produce the comic book, and whip up a video game for us, I'll sit there, I'll fly to Los Angeles, I'll take that meeting, I'll sign the deal, right? But they're not knocking on my door just yet, right? Maybe they will soon. Maybe they'll listen to Just Riffin episode 19 and be like, yo, that guy JMO, he's got balls. Let's bet on him. That's what I'm right? saying, dude. Let's go. Let's, let's get it there, bro. <laughs> Put it out in the universe, right? It could it could yeah. happen. It could it could, it could happen. But there's there's no reason for me to take project funds and try to spin up a video game you know, when we don't even know if our holders, if that's going to provide that I much value, I right? It. I think there has to be synergy, but I'm totally with Vorpal. And I do believe, you know, that's why we created the characters in 3D so that we could give them away, get that visibility um, and, and, that, and that playability and collaborate a little bit more, participate and give to, you know, these, these Web3 communities. And like, dude, we skinned a car. Um, we had a racing game that we were collabing with uh, in the fall. It was super dope. Um, and we're all about... So one of the neat things about Shell's Orb that I don't get to talk about very often anymore is, you know, we sold out during the bear market, right? In August of 2022. I don't know if anybody in this room was around then, but no project sold Obviously. out that month. Like liter literally none. There were six projects that minted the day we did. None of them sold out. We sold out in two and a half hours. Did a 711.69 ETH. No, I didn't plan it that way via the mint price. That was just the number that sure. came out. It was, it, was our, it was our lucky day. It was our lucky day. Um, and like, how did, how did we do that? We collaborated with 200 projects pre-mint. The only way that we were able to do that was because the bear market came and stumped down on the entire industry. So all of a sudden, the community managers at projects like the Cyber Kongs, the Apes, um, Creeps, Kongs, uh, I said Kongs twice, um, who else is around back then, et cetera, all of their uh, Doodles Alpha, right? All of these communities were all of a sudden hungry for anything to give their community. So we were able to basically get whitelists out to all sorts of communities, communities that were way above our pay grade that weren't even thinking about us or wouldn't even take our, our note just a month prior. I remember the day, it was right after uh, NFT NYC two years ago, where our Twitter number just shot up 5,000. We went from, you know, like 4,000 to 9,000 in a day. And I was like, holy shit, it's working. We got up to, I think about like 90K at the peak. And now we're somewhere around 50K after the bots dropped off. 
but it, it was all due to collaboration. So I really do believe that collaboration in this space, as as many ways as you can, um, is 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 the key to uh, is is the key to success. And I have a very whenever I do launch the tracks, I have a I already have planned and art directed a very very nifty, cute cool way to collaborate with uh with web three personalities it's, it's gonna be dope i can't wait to to launch i that love how you just happen. dropped that like um incognito alpha there uh with the with the nifty and uh the music or the tracks rather i'm loving what i'm hearing this is totally like blew my mind tonight um both you guys Warpal and jamo with what's happening and i'm about to blow everybody's mind even more because we're going to go to something else <clears throat> that JMO has been brewing up on. And uh, first of all, thank you guys like for breaking that down for everybody and, and giving your, your hearts into it. I could feel your passion. I know. And I'm with you guys. I back you guys. I'll support. So I'm, I'm totally there now that I um, got a chance to speak with you guys and to hear the actual story of what uh, the origin of how it all kind of came to there. And I think it's great. And I think you're right, JMO. Uh, uh, being with a team of people, uh, like-minded people, people that might maybe even smarter than you, um, and getting everybody together and making it happen um, for the community itself, and then or even letting the community speak speak and making it happen. Either way, it's fucking great, and I'm glad that you didn't go anywhere. I'm glad you didn't take the seven eleven point sixty nine and head off to Southeast Asia and um, you know peaced out. But I'm glad that you you did take your break because. You know, breaks are super important for your brain. You got to do it. You got to travel. It's very important. Okay. So we got Orb Energy Company. Now, I thought this was very, very interesting. JMO, <clears throat> JMO starting something new here. Uh, it might be, maybe it's older. I'm not sure. But I, to me, it's new. And what they're going to be doing, this is Orb Energy Company. They're going to be supplying a copious amount, I should say that a large amount, same thing, of energy to Bitcoin miners. I'll repeat that. Orb Energy Company is going to be supplying a large amount of energy to Bitcoin miners. Jameson, JMO, my dude, please break this down for us. What, did it, what, is, what is it about? Yeah. How did it come about? What was your thought process uh, with this? Because... Uh, I know, I'm not sure if anybody else does, but in order to mine anything, Bitcoin, ETH, whatever, it takes a lot of servers. Servers need energy, air-conditioned rooms, fans, all that stuff to keep everything cool. It's a lot, a shit ton of money. How did this come about and how are you How are you going to fund it? Yeah, ab absolutely. So um, one of the financiers of Shell's Orb happened to be um, a gentleman by the name of Ocean One who had funded Shell's Orb through mining profits. He started mining, I think in, I don't know if it, I think it was like 2014. And so when we launched Shell's Orb, he, he, he always said, he's like, JMO, you should take the funds and you should create a mine, right? You should, you should buy miners and, and create perpetual revenue circular revenue so that you could support the project, right? Don't just spend the money on on stuff, like create a renewable and like revenue source for for the project. And for the first year, I didn't listen to him. Then 
in the summer of uh, uh, of 2023, I was like, shit, man, you might be right. You might be right. So I started looking into mining and I took some of my personal money and I threw it into some into some miners. And they showed up in in uh, at the at this farm in Texas. And I was like, shit, they're working. These are making money. They're literally they're literally printing money. I want more. So I went directly to the, the manufacturer themselves, Bitmain, and I asked them to place a large order. As I was placing that large order, they're like, hey, we're looking for suppliers and hosts to host our miners. Would you like, would you be able to do that? And I said, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll figure that out. How much, like, how much hosting are you, are, are you, you able to look for, or are you giving? And they go, 500 megawatts. And I go, holy shit, that's like, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of miners. And I go, so I start doing my research. I research companies like Riot, um, Monera, and I start learning about how these things work. And then I go down to Texas and I meet the guy who's actually hosting these miners. And I go, holy shit, you know everything about energy. You know everything about the Texas energy grid. And what's interesting about the Texas energy grid is that um, A1, they have really cheap power. And they actually pay you a ton of money to shut off power. So I created a business model um, in, in Texas with this sort of collaboration with Bitmain, which essentially take takes the the mining unpredictability out of it so all we all we're doing is basically selling the energy to the miners and instead of for anybody that knows anything about bitcoin mining when you buy a machine you plug it in uh with typical power rates your return on investment is about 16 months i created a business model where our return on investment is 120 days wow. Um, yeah, it's, you know, the first machines that I bought were altcoin machines. I, I was, I, I have 67 machines mining, uh, CKB, which is the Nervos network. Um, it's, you know, a small cap, $150 million cap coin. Um, and those machines were supposed to ROI in about eight months. Um, since they hit a happening and the coin hasn't appreciated as much as as I appreciated, or, or I would have appreciated, <laughs> um, and it's it's not doing so well. The ROI is now you know not very great because in in the gold rush, it's best to be selling the picks and axes, not mining the actual gold. So we created a business model where we're only selling the picks and axes, um, which has predictable continuous profits all the way through and we're going to be doing uh, uh, another first we're going to be raising the money to fund our first operation which if anybody knows me i am the leanest guy in the world when it comes to starting a business um i am very cost efficient and i turn you know i turn water in the wine all day long right i get i am able to get more bang for a buck than anybody else in the room. That's like my superpower. And so essentially what we're going to be doing, and not all the kinks are worked out in the plan yet, 
But in the next week or two, everything is going to be super solid. We're going to be raising uh, a 10% or we're going to be creating a DAO that will get 10% equity interests in Orb Energy Company. And then we'll be selling a token or an NFT against that, which will provide, uh, which will then capture a dividend from Orb Energy Company, right? From the money that we're making mining, which for, um, is to, to, bre to break it down, Orb Energy Company with its first 10 megawatt mine will cost about a million dollars to build, give or take. And that mine will produce a profit, a net profit of $4.5 million in year one. That's where we get the 120 day return on revenue. And so 10% of that uh, profit will get redistributed as a, a dividend. It'll go into the Dow and then the Dow will either uh, will will then redistribute that to the the members of the DAO. Um, so it's a cool way, a decentralized way, to get involved with a mining operation, which is startup, free revenue, free IPO, non-public, right? Which means, you know, if you're taking a piece of ten percent of a, of a pre-IPO company, that's like getting in at the base. But you're able to get in without, you know, sort of in, in a decentralized way, without disclosing all of your identity and, and, and stuff like that by purchasing a token or an NFT. And I know people have done sort of stuff like this, but I think this is the first time that an NFT company is going to supplement its income through mining in, in, in such a advantageous and, and sort of crazy way. I'm super excited about it. And basically for the, the, the way it's going to work is for every dollar that, that comes in uh, an investment, the Orb Stash DAO will get a certain percentage allocated to it so that investing in Orb Energy as a holder of Shell's Orb will also bring more funds into the project for Shell's Orb into the DAO so that the DAO can fund more cool shit like Vorpal's AI shells project or like this TV series or like more 3D models for games and stuff like that. I, I, I mean, I think it's the only, it's the only NFT project that has a real cash flow intense business that's going to be attached to it in order to fund operations and increase visibility. And yeah, I mean, excited. I'm excited about that. This is something totally new for me in the sense, but I get it. I, I, I you know, I, I understand what's going on. This is like when you get those, you get a coin uh, before it pumps. You know, like you're getting in at the, at the ground level, man. This is just exciting news and exciting what you're doing. You know, for the miners themselves. You know that uh, that need it. Uh, this is just awesome stuff, man. There's just so much shit going on, JMO, bro. Um, I want to open the mic. I want to say thank you, everybody, for coming through. <clears throat> also, real quick, uh, don't forget um, to like, retweet the room, leave a comment, say hello to your mother for me, all that good stuff. Uh, tell your mom, too, because she's going to love what's going on in here. She definitely. And if your grandma's still around, definitely tell your grandma because they love me and J6. That's 100%. I could tell you that. Uh, I want to say what's up to Eunice. What's up? Eunice is in the building. Uh, Golden is here, too. I want to open the mic uh, to... Anybody that wants to come up to ask um, a JMO or Vorpal, Vorpal a question, um, 
and um and yeah you know we, we're going to keep the conversation moving j6 i know you're there having a little bit of difficulties but are you able to get uh to the mic i want you to yeah go ahead go ahead j6 i'm going to give you the mic uh well actually i'm having some difficulties the weather's been crazy here but uh, i'm just taking it all in uh i really uh you know, this, I, I just really dig the way JMO uh, runs his community and uh, at the, the Shelter community in Vorpal and uh, the way you participated and uh, jumped in and, and, you know, took it upon yourself to get involved that way. And I think it's a, I think it's a very great, uh, it's a great, it's a very, very great example of how community-driven uh, projects can really um, do great things. And uh, I feel uh you know, Rug Radio has that same vibe going on, and there's other communities as well. And uh, this is another thing that makes the space special. Besides, uh, you know, the uh, we were talking about the NFT technology and um, how uh, that can, uh, you know, be a special connection between, uh, the, you know, a user and a, a creator, so to speak. Uh, but this is another facet of it that's uh, equally, if not even more amazing. The community can actually get involved and be part of the creation if they want to. They can just participate by, an, by enjoying what's created, or uh, they can actually jump in and be part of the process and, and part of what's being built. And, I mean, that just really excites me about this uh, space, and I think you guys, uh, Shells Orb and JMO, I, I'm just really, like, my mind's blown. I'll be honest with you. My mind's blown. Uh, I'm going to really, uh, you know, check out the project uh, a lot further after... Uh, Sorry about that. I hit that by accident. J six, my bad. That yo, that's okay. Uh, don't be, uh, don't be. That's okay because I was the guy that actually hit the mute button uh, by accident earlier. No. Thank you first. <laughs> I dropped my phone. I'm oh, sorry, dude. man. That's right. <laughs> but I just want to double down and thank you guys for coming on the show, and I'll let everybody else speak now. Sorry about my technical difficulties earlier, but uh, what a great. Uh, show and what a great bunch of people coming up and speaking and uh, Shell's Orb. Let's, let's go. go. Uh, let's pass the mic. Uh, uh, let's say uh, Suze has been up here for a while. So, Suze, what you got cooking, hon? <laughs> oh my God. Well, you guys went down uh, into this whole tech side with the miners that kind of got me a little bit lost tonight. But, um, you know, I was uh, super interested when we were talking earlier about. Uh, more on the music side and uh, what you guys got going on. And so, um, you know, my question is always to any musician that comes on to Just Riffin, when you make music, do you get visuals? Do you see colors? Uh, how does the music transcend from sound or does it for you? Thank That's you, my Sue. question. JMO, Vorpal, either one of you guys. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Could you pop that question again? I was literally responding to some people who had like questions in the Discord and I totally missed it. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So my question to you or to Vor Vorpal, either of you guys, um, is when it comes to making music, do you see colors or get visuals? Like, does the music transcend into some sort of visualization? That's my question. And if it does, then what do you see? You know, I I don't I would I wouldn't say that I, I don't I don't see colors. That's not sort of like the what happens when when I when I make music. 
but I get I get those goosebumps, you know, like the goosebumps when that like kind of like good hearted feeling of a, of a movie happens. That's sort of what I look for when when I'm making music, when we're in the studio and. You know, Jack's the keyboardist, so when when he's playing the keyboard and he's just riffing and he and he hits a lick, uh, you know, I'll be hanging out, walking in circles as, as I do. I'm like literally walking in circles right now. That's like my, my happy place. <laughs> so I walk in circles around the room. He hits a riff and I'm like, that's it. That's it. Because there's something in my body that vibrates and it vibrates with the music. And it's, I'm like, that's core, right? That's core right there. I'll give you an example of what core energy is to me. Core energy is you know, Daft Punk's One More Time. Just over and over and over again. That that this sweet melody, the chest puts you into it into a different place. I'm not sure if it has anything to do with, you know, like you know, like sub frequencies, theta, delta, etc. Like how it like actually like melts your it- mind. But there's there. Yeah, there's there's certain frequencies. I, I lived in Berlin and I worked with this guy, Paul Shaw, uh, who was a crazy um, techno producer. And he really 100 percent believes in in um, the, the natural harmonic frequency of 432 hertz instead of 440, which is the the uh, the frequency that most of the modern world is tuned to. And there's a bunch of science that breaks down. 432 and the natural harmonic frequencies or the natural frequencies of resonance in the earth. And we actually included them or Vorpal included them in the AI collection. The AI collections rarity tiers are based off of natural uh, occurring frequencies. So all of the, the different rarity tiers actually have a certain number of, 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 of items in them based off of natural harmonic frequency. So I do believe that, you know, like there's like number theory and there's frequency theory and there's there's vibration theories. I might not see any colors yet, but uh, uh, over over this break, I did acid for the first time. So maybe in the future, I'll see some colors and some and some elephants (laughs) and some melting shells orbs for sure. Who knows, man? Absolutely. Who knows? Sus, thank you so much for the question. (laughs) I want to send it off to Eunice in the building. Eunice, what's happening? We got JMO, Jameson Hill in the building, as well as Vorpal. How are you doing tonight? Hey, GM, GM. (laughs) Um, Good to be here. Hi, JMO. I'm sorry I came in late and missed most of the convo, but I'm always happy here to support. How's it going, guys? Awesome. Super good, super good. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming up. Yeah, of course. Um, this is so interesting. Um, as far as how music affects the body physically, and I'll admit I do love some acid. Uh, <laughs> um, I that's now I really want to experiment with that. Like, what color is this song? What color is that song? You know, that'll be super fun wait wait wait, wait. <laughs> were, were you were you were you the girl rapping in art basil rapping i do sing she's got an amazing and, voice um, i did two shows at the house of yeah, sex we, and um the peppy we Pump. saw you let's go <laughs> nice which show i think we we're at the house of sex 
Oh, dope. I, just, I just love I, I just I just love that name. <laughs> I, I just I, I just love I just love seeing that. Yeah. Oh it yeah. Was, it was the one that was right off of the freeway. Yeah, it's, um, it's way less. You played with you, know, you, you played with Violetta. <laughs> you played with Violetta, right? Violetta played before you, and then you then and then you came in and you rapped after. Oh, that was um that was the Peppy Punk show. Oh, that was the Peppy Punks. Mm -hmm. Okay, then we were at the Peppy Punks. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the one. It was amazing. So good to see you again. Thank you. Thanks. Good to see you in here too. Yeah, that was a dope show. You know, props to people who put it together. Oh, there's better people than me, like event planning and <laughs> getting the artists all in one room. But it's so special because like we all know each other online. But like once in a while, we, we get to meet in real life, like in Miami and all, all different places. So that was a dope show. But yeah, I mean, I love that you deep dived into like the science of frequency and colors. Like I'm I'm definitely like a nerd on that stuff too. Like I mix my own music and sometimes like there's one frequency that's driving me crazy and like I like make it like a 5-hour mission to eliminate it. Okay, I had to unmute the room. I don't know what happened. Maybe J6 again hitting the mute button. Sorry Eunice. You, oh, that's okay. <laughs> you're unmuted now. You were saying. I was talking about eliminating frequencies. So I guess we, we, we eliminated. Bye-bye. Ah, just kidding. Go for it, No, it's all good. Yeah, I'm just out here, you know, hustling or grinding. Grinding's more like the word. And uh, as you guys probably seen, a lot of artists just submitted to the Optimism Grant. And um yeah, I submitted two, one of which is a music video. And also another one is a hybrid hybrid drop that I did with a, an artist, like a visual artist in the space, Tokyo Love. So that's already dropped on Sound XYZ. And um, I took the plunge and priced it at a higher end price at 0.05 ETH. And that's a statement that I'm, I'm you know, pushing along the agenda that, we we as artists like we have the commitment and 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 the responsibility to keep the value of music high you know we don't want to like repeat the same actions that we did in in spotify and and streaming and and lose control and like why would we do that again you know we we spend so much effort building a new internet a new community so whatever we do we we cannot go back on that route of of just giving nearly free mints. It's one thing if you want to do a promotion of a free song or, you know, have have a good plan on it. But yeah, so I'm really positioning myself as someone who is going to find ways to collaborate with different artists in the space, whether it's art or gaming or tech, and we're going to make something new and unheard of through that and mint it on the space, you know, and and preserve the value of specifically web three music so loving it i love your take on that music is key as you know uh very important to um to the growth of the musician and also for the for the listener i think here in 2024 with uh the new tech uh that we got in front of us which is uh if you want to call it web three or whatever just everything that's happening um currently i i believe that this is uh going to push us to the uh <clears throat> into the future 100% it's going to push us push us forward uh, and I'm excited about that as well uh, as well as this gaming aspect I think is really really huge I'm excited about this nifty island type of thing um, thank you Eunice for that um, for bringing it up um, 
your stuff as well as the the color of sound. I want to pass the mic to uh, my dog Mitten, and then uh, we're gonna wrap this thing up tonight because we're here for such a long time, and we definitely appreciate JMO and Vorpal and everybody else that's been in this room for such a long time. Thank you so much for hanging with us. Um, so yeah, let's let's pass the mic to my dog Minton. What's happening? Welcome to Just Riffin. Hey. Good. Hey, Everything is good, man. We got Jameson Hill, uh, founder of Shells Orbs here. I know you've been here for a while, so go for yeah. it, and you can ask your question. Well, I mean, it's um, it's late here in the UK. It's like half half three in the morning. I'm just washing up after my wife's birthday. But uh, great show, uh, really interesting stuff. Uh, definitely, um, what was just being talked about with harmonics and uh, and that kind of stuff. There's some really interesting things to look into there i think yeah the the whole um traditional western musical scale being even tempered and, and all that it's, it's not kind of it's slightly artificial it's not the natural uh the way natural way if you like but um just going back to the the energy uh mining side of things i just wanted to ask uh what kind of um consideration if any you guys have been able to give to the environmental aspect of all that energy yeah, absolutely. So Texas is one of the cleanest energy mixes in in the world. Um, there's, I mean, there's, okay, let me, let, let, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. There, there are definitely countries that run on more green energy than any sort of other energy, right? Particularly places where there's a lot of availability of hydroelectric power, wind power, et cetera. But in America, we we don't have the 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 best mix typically across the the gamut of states. Texas, although, has a thirty percent clean energy mix, which is pretty high for the the fifty states. So, um, we are, you know, positioning ourselves in a place that actually has uh, a, an incredible surf surplus of energy. And what a lot of people don't pay attention to or understand about how energy production works is that um, in Texas, for instance, right, we're positioned cl very close to a, a 2.3 gigawatt uh, nuclear power plant. Now, that power plant creates a, 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 an even level amount of power every single day every moment of every day, no matter whether it is being used by the grid or not. It's a flat output. What we, what we do is we come in and we find power lines and places and pockets where there's uh, infrastructure already in place order, in order to draw that power out, right? In order to take the excess power that is being produced by the uh, power plants because the power that doesn't get used, it literally just goes into the ground and it, 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 it's just grounded, right? The power is never sold to anybody. So what happens to the communities when there's a power plant producing, you know, one gigawatt extra of power, the cost of power gets passed on to all of those customers. In Texas, they operate in what's called a co-op grid, 
the co-op grid was created as part of the Electrify the West initiative. Powering rural places in America is not profitable. Powering cities is very profitable. That's why if you live in New York City, um, you have a Con Ed bill, right? Because Con Edison is a very profitable business. There's so many homes that, that are able to pay very large sums of power. In the middle of nowhere, there's no company like that, right? It, the, the grid is actually owned by the people who use the grid, which is a, a co-op, right? Like the, if you have a, a lot of people have, or are familiar with co-op housing, where you all own an apartment building, the owners of that building are responsible for the maintenance, the upkeep, et cetera, pay the cost of, of, of whatever. So when we come into this power grid, we utilize the excess power that is, that is available we make power cheaper for everyone. And during times of stress, right? When uh, in summer at 4 p.m. people come home from work, they turn on their air conditioner, we give the power back to them. In the winter, when people turn on their heaters to heat their home, we turn off, we give the power back to them. We allow the, the we basically take the power from the gaps in, in the industry. And so therefore we're, basically using energy that would otherwise go into the ground. And we think that that's incredibly um, useful for both the economy and um, the environment as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fucking cool. <laughs> Most yeah. definitely. Thank you so much, my dog, Minton. I appreciate you coming up and, uh, and just being here late. It's your wife's birthday and stuff. And uh, so I hope you're going to go wash up and then lay down with your wifey and have some fun. Uh, shoot, send us the video, please, uh, when you're done. Um, I'm just kidding. I just like the kid, kid, kid. Uh, so this is really going to be the end here. J6, I want to um, pass the mic to you before we get out of here. And I, again, I want to thank uh, Vorpal and JMO and Eunice for coming through, Suze for coming through, OD who had to leave, uh, and everybody that's been here um, for with us for a while. So I want to thank everybody too. Um, J6, I want to pass the mic back to you, and then I'll wrap things up here. I just want to say thanks to everybody uh, here. Uh, what a great show, man. I'm going to listen to this one a couple times back. Uh, some great alpha, some great information. Uh, Vorpal, JMO, all of our guests here, too. Um, just what a great show. And I, I feel like I'm getting more out of it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, it's, it's really appreciated. I feel I'm really grateful to be here uh, learning and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, kicking my own uh, game up a notch by uh, getting inspired by some really brilliant people so thank you everybody yes indeed man i am grateful that we were able to have this conversation jamo i know you were traveling and i'm so glad that we were able to connect um and you know what i'm talking about um so i'm glad that we were able to make this thing happen man for real um don't give up traveling traveling is is freaking key and it's important uh 100 uh so i want to touch on a couple things here we got uh some uh tracks it's jack and jamo so check out sound.xyz for that jack <clears throat> jack and jamo uh we got the nifty island thing coming out with vorpal's ai shell pro shells project as well uh and the the uh gameplay of of nifty island which is i i think around january 17th we're, we're going to be able to jump in there and play and have some fun um uh let's see here what else uh that i want to mention uh Oh yeah, uh, shells orbs. Of course, how can I forget that? 
Shell's Orbs, and then this Orb Energy Company, which is really cool, which JMO just touched on again. Just interesting stuff, man. I, I So again, I greatly appreciate you coming through. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for tuning into Just Riffin. Uh, we, we are here every Tuesday night uh, from 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, until the conversation is, is till we're done, you know, till we feel like, you know, let's, let's go, go get out of here. Uh, thank you as well to Eunice. Uh, <clears throat> great musician has good, some good stuff coming out and I love her hustle. I love everybody's hustle. JMO's got a crazy, insane hustle. Vorpal, you'll hustle to get your AI stuff going, which I love. Uh, and it's really cool and unique and everything that you guys are doing are unique. And I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'm glad that I'm surrounded by, uh, you people, um, I always try to surround myself around people that are smarter than me. So thank you guys for being smart. And um, with that being said, this is Just Riffin on Rogue Radio. We're out of here. Peace. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining me. Just Riffin, Tuesday night, half past A-E-S-T. Know where we be. Just Riffin, special guest, a tech and talk. Just ribbon, coming to you live at the same time here every week. Just ribbon, jump in the room, let's chop it up. It really ain't that deep. Just ribbon.